Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Welcome, everybody, to a podcast about murder mystery. <laughs> my name is David. This is my co-host, Heidi. We will take you down a journey of suspense, intrigue, and ultimately discover who really committed the murder. Dun, dun, dun. Or we could talk about feelings and family. What's up, folks? Like the fight. Um, Can you I've guys tr- tell that David's been lo- watching Tiger King? I was just going to say... <laughs> I was just going to say, if you've been binging, Heidi and I have talked about that, binge on Tiger King, if you've been binging on any specials whatsoever, you're always like, okay, one more episode. Just one more episode. Just one more. Just one more. But we're here. So if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously took a timeout, a recess from your binge watching or binge video game playing or binge cleaning or trying to fix your life and your house and get it all in order, which is why we're having this episode. This episode is dedicated to the Corona and quarantine confessions because quarantine there are, confessions. There's, a, there's a large part of this population who should not be listening to this podcast because they have real issues to be dealing with, with the Corona. Right now, this population is not for, like this conversation is not for the people who actually have Corona or have someone that's struggling or suffering in some sort of way. So I just want to give you that disclaimer because all the stuff that we're going to be talking about is not for the this people. Is, this is for the air courts. Normal people. Yeah. Well, th- this is a pe- for the lucky people too, right? <laughs> for the lucky people that you don't have there this affecting your life like that. So all joking aside, you know, we're talking about today's episode and we wanted to revisit, you know, something that we've talked about in the past, but just in a new way. Um, but as always, I'd like to start out with Heidi giving us some insight because Heidi is our, uh, we haven't said this a long time, Heidi is our shame correspondent. And so what she does is she goes out into the public and she shares her insecurities with people and her struggles on this podcast. And she meets, she meets people six feet away at social gathering <laughs> gatherings and they scream six feet away, all their personal information that they should, they should be keeping secret, but they feel so comfortable with Heidi. They share with her. And then Heidi because says, they know that I'm so, so much more of a train wreck than they are. Well, they also know that if they, if they, they pull in your heartstrings, you'll bring it up and then they'll get free counseling advice on the podcast. Because <laughs> that's what you do. They just follow no, you. No, that is true. No, but before, but I, what I told you is that I have a win. I got to talk about my win. Oh, okay. I'll shut we up. We got to focus on the win. I'll shut up. I'll shut up. Okay. So listeners, those of you who've been listening, you know, who, who listen kind of in order, you're, you know that the last two weeks... David's given some unique advice for quarantine time. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of advice flying out there and a lot of um, different people addressing the mental, emotional relationship um, parts of this. And David, of course, comes in with something that nobody else is talking about that is really interesting. And one thing that one of the recommendations he made was to approach a family member 
or all of your family members. In this case, I just approached that it was just kind of one family member that I kind of wanted to give them um, an assignment. So, yeah. so what he recommends in the family business model to give somebody kind of a director position over maybe like a special ops or, oh, you know, like a special yeah. project um, kind of to really give them an opportunity to contribute, but also because we're all like as moms, you're kind of put in this place where you're out of sorts and you're having to juggle more balls than you used to. There's more things on you for me. Um, it's been tricky to keep the homeschooling going, keep the eating, you know, feeding everybody, which, you know, I suck at, um, it's spring. And so there's yard work to do. And it's my, it's a busy, busy time for me at work. Um, so one of the things that I really struggle with <laughs> is fitness and eating good. It's really hard for me. And that's probably been, you know, where my gimme has been like, oh, this is so hard. I'm going to make another batch of cookies or, you know, oh, I'm so stressed out. You know, I'm going to treat myself. I don't even really like ice cream. And yeah, I was eating ice cream. Um, on the flip side, my oldest daughter is not like that at all. She is super fit super healthy, thrives on fitness. And I finally went to her and I said, I need your help. I need to hire you. I need some accountability. I need some encouragement. I need to help stretching. I would love help with yoga. I need, I, I said, I just need help. And she did exactly what David said. You need me for what? Okay. What? You know, and immediately she's on it. She's texting me at night. She's like, all right, I'm going to wake you up at, you know, seven 30. We're going to go for a run. And I was like, I don't run. Remember we've talked about this. <laughs> and, um, lo and behold, we trounced up to, we live by a reservoir that's got like a a loop around it, the three loops is about a mile. And I'll be danged if that girl didn't have me freaking running intervals. <laughs> and then here's what happened is we get done. I got it. I have a, luckily I had a deadline cause I had to be on a call <laughs> and um, we're, we're walking home, kind of busting home. And she's like, congratulations. You just ran three miles. And I was and like, like, what? <laughs> like, I did? I did? I was like. Hey, we're, we're losing, okay. we're losing the sound. Oh. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Kind of going in and out. Brandon, do you hear that? Yeah, I think it was just her headphones. So she's good now. Hey, just make okay. sure that kids, it was coming in. Go ahead. Sorry. I was getting excited. I, know. <laughs> um, I never. I never would have done that. I never would have marched myself up there and said, I'm going to run intervals. Yeah. I mean, I walk, you know, but there was something different that like I liked being proven to that I could do it. Yeah. Um, and, and I just, 
I real so she's she's been holding me accountable and she's been encouraging me and um I feel like we're sharing this burden of me trying to get myself out of this cookie coma that I've been in. So that was kind of a, it was kind that's, of a confession. No, that's, that's a huge win. And I want to comment and pick out a couple of things that happen in that. But first, before I get to your wins, I'm going to get to my win. And my win is you took my advice. I to know. all of our listeners, here's the funny thing: is our listeners take my advice more than Heidi does. You guys it listen usually up. Usually takes me. You gotta <laughs> at least tell me for six months before I'm actually gonna try something. <laughs> we get. I, I'm always showing Heidi. See all these DMs of people telling us all the stuffs work. Why don't you do it? She's like, I know. I'm getting to it. <laughs> She's like, I'm just the. I'm the kindling, just David. I'm just the kindling. Time. I just start everybody's fire and then I walk away. I'm just helping people start the fires and I. I do. That's my calling, right? I kindle. <laughs> But no, and, and so, but with regards to her, one, she, she should be that person for you. She's the most qualified in the family, right? Like, that's her thing. That's her shtick, right? Like, right. why would you go, like, like I said last time, like, why would you have someone that's amazing at the guitar play the drums? Put them right. on the guitar. Put and and the you're band. absolutely right. She's so good at it, and she thrives at it. She'll and probably she be a personal trainer or something someday. Like, that's just, she I mean, loves seriously. that sort of thing, yeah. So that was, that was a huge one that, that I want to point out. The next one, because of the mother-oldest-daughter relationship, it's actually better if it comes from her to help you break through this cookie coma that you call it. But it's really, it's, you, put it this way, you were like her. You I know, I was telling like her, that. hey, I remember I was telling her, I used to could run like 10 miles a day. And she's like, you could? I said, yeah, in a jog bra. <laughs> she's like you did i said yeah you were only one but, <laughs> but th think about it what she's doing is she is you 2.0 so you're watching her live her life at this age and say i remember how it felt to have my body work for me like that i remember it had felt, felt to have my body not fail at me I remember like why, if you were her age right now, you would be running 10 miles with her every day because you have a, a Ferrari. You're driving an amazing machine. Nobody parks that <laughs> sports car in the garage and doesn't show the world. No, you wax that thing up and you get outside. Hey, bad analogy for that one. Didn't mean that. I mean like a car analogy. Point is, <laughs> that came out totally wrong. Point is, right. I, like, I know where you're going. Like you had a vessel and a vehicle that you wanted to run that thing. She's on it. She wants to run it. But by you looking at her, you're seeing her run her car. You're like, I still got a good vehicle. It just, it needs some, what they call some restorations. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it needs, it's like, you got a 1968 Camaro, right? Hey, this it's car, a 72. Easy. Okay. Easy. You, you got a 1972. You're a 72 Camaro, right? I didn't mean it. A 72 <laughs> Camaro, right? But as if you had a 72 Camaro in 2020 that had all the original parts and haven't been updated since 1972, then guess what you got? You got a really nice car that won't stop well and you'll slam into people. There's no safety devices. There's no AC. There's no automated game. It's not fun to drive, right? So in, in that analogy, you're looking at her going, I got the same vehicle she has. I gave it to her. I just need to do some restorations on it. I got to get this thing going. But it's that mirroring thing where you're seeing her. And since she's an extension of you, that's why the moms that have taken these challenges, by the way, um, well, Brandon or Heidi, as I'm talking, when you pull up on our Instagram, we had a mom share a win right after the podcast. I've had more people 
share that they did this than I've had people personally share with me in a long time. People DM Heidi all the time or DM Light the Fight, but people were DMing me that I didn't even know that listened to the podcast to tell me that it blew their mind that it actually worked. But that one, I believe, was on, do you see one on Light the Fight right now? I believe it was on Light the Fight she sent it, the one I'm talking about. Um, I don't know. If not, I'll, I'll text my wife. She's got my phone to bring it back up here because maybe it's, it was one of the ones on mine. But point is, I'm saying is that when people are giving me this feedback, just like what you're finding out is that it's a relationship that they needed to improve, but they needed something to work and partner on together to improve the relationship. So that's step one. The other win that I wanted to give you though, is that by the roles being reversed, she is caring for you. She is helping better your life. And so by definition, she now has proof that she matters. Not that well, she didn't have the proof before, but this is proof that she has a very specific skill set that matters that you don't have on your own. And it, it was great. It gave us an opportunity to connect. It gave us an opportunity to kind of talk and just the, the two of us. And um, it was very effective, very effective. So now I've got to got to get some of my other managers i i will capri is my like mini i will do anything for you she's so great she's so awesome and i managed to kind of utilize um some managerial skills and got her to clean up some throw up that i didn't want to deal with so <laughs> nice nice she's the best absolutely well um anyway as I'm waiting for it, we'll, we'll, we'll add that little win at the end because I, I told this woman I'd, I'd share it because it, it was cute. It was a good one. What's up, Capri? Speak of the angel. Speak of the angel. Nothing much. I said. Thank you. We were just, <laughs> that was my eardrum. Tell her we were just talking to her about how doves dress her in the morning. <laughs> Goodbye. So great. Our podcast listeners, it's so much fun. Like there's like, all the interruptions <laughs> of our kids and stuff. So um, let, let's, let's get back to the topic at hand. Thanks for sharing that, Heidi. Um, but let's get back to what we were talking about before. So quarantine, um, Heidi, you set it up. So we were talking before the podcast started. There's a lot of where you get the, um, everybody's doing one thing. And if one person wants to do the other thing, it can kind of well, set things so off So here's the bit. thing. We're all in this together, right? We've got all these commercials. We've got all the celebs. We've got everybody. By the way, my favorite commercials are, we're all in this together. Come buy a car. <laughs> <laughs> we're all in this together. I know. Come buy a house. Come buy something. Wait, what? I know. And um, here's, here's the thing. Even though we're all experiencing it, which is so yeah. unique. So it is unique, very unique. Because yeah. there's never been anything that our whole global a, a global family is experiencing at once. However, everybody's in different stages, personal stages of either mourning, grieving, figuring this out, getting into a routine, overcoming, getting sick of it. Um, I had an instance this week when um, I just, I woke up and I was just like, I, I can't do this another day. I felt super down and I reached for my phone and there's this girl that I follow and she's like, I've decided that I'm not going to let this hold me back anymore. I'm going to, you know, you know, and it was like, 
her whole post is about how she's taking charge of her life and she's not going to let this slow her down anymore. She's done watching Netflix. And I laid there pissed because I was like, not done. It's <laughs> like, I, I ran I three like miles. 30, so then I told myself I could have three cookies. I still have 37 <laughs> episodes, 37 seasons of Survivor I got to get through right? before we can. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. And so I found myself like at first my knee jerk reaction was, but what, I'm not really ready to just be over this. I'm not really ready to, to let this not hold me back. Yeah. And, um, and then I kind of, I kind of shook it off and, and sort of throughout that day realized, you know, I also can't let this stand in the way of me doing the things that I need to and want to and like to do. So, you know, kind of the thing that you brought up, David, in the very beginning when, when we talked about this topic was what this quarantine has done is kind of allowed everything to settle and allowed us um, as individuals to kind of clear the dust, you know, like focus on probably what matters the most focus on you know there's all of us have things that were causing us a lot of distraction maybe giving us a lot of anxiety um we're starting to realize i probably don't have to focus so much my energy on that turns out i didn't even need to be doing that have you noticed, and I got a question for you, have you noticed this is something, you know, for my work, obviously I don't have to be on Instagram. It's not something I use for business or anything like that. So I've, I've, from my little limited view, I feel like there's a lot of our bad habits as people in the way we express ourselves out of anger and frustration that was still before the quarantine that we still have habits of doing. So for example, I see a lot of people, they'll post something like, this is just an example. And this is not a bad thing, by the way. I'm not saying any of these are bad. But you'll see someone saying, you know, this is the time to get our life together. And they're posting all these detailed plans, structure. They're taking pictures of everybody's dressed up for church on Sunday inside their own house. And they're like, dude, they're doing live videos of three hours of all this stuff. And like, it's like, do this, like get your life together. And then I have other people say, you know what? You don't have to do that. Like let your kids sleep all day, do whatever you want. And you can tell it's a reaction to something that they were uncomfortable. They didn't like someone else saying. We're all biased to our own struggle. And if someone doesn't respect our struggle, then we get defensive and we want to protect them. No, this is hard for me. So I'm going to let my kids sleep in all day. They don't have to go pick up their packets. We'll just figure out later because this is too much. I'm not going to deal with this. Then other people say, no, you have to get your life together. This is your opportunity. And I feel like there's this little bit of like back and forth. And I was hoping on this episode to well, talk can about I chime the middle. In when, could, so does that make any sense? Am I, on, yes. am I close or no? Yes. Am I off on that? Because yes. I'm really not sure because on this one. Here's what I think is that I'll have one day that I'll wake up and I'll be like ready to go. And then the next day, the cookie monster comes out. I cannot (laughs) get motivated for anything. Um, I realized that me having to be at work is a huge motivator for me in my whole life. And if I don't have to be there, 
your brain's like, oh, that's downtime. The chips are falling. <laughs> yeah. You, you know? Yeah. But then if I want to do something like, oh, I want to get on this hike at one o'clock, you better believe I'm getting my crap together, getting everybody's crap together so that I can go do what I want to do, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I absolutely think that there's people who are like, oh, we're going to take this time and paint the whole house. And I'm like, oh, gosh. So there's something I, I, I hopefully I get it right. You know, when I'm just talking and all of a sudden I come up this quote or statement that I'm like, how did I just make that up as I was talking? <laughs> and, and I don't, I just, I'm just, I always rhyme things, right? So, and this one doesn't rhyme, but I was talking to, um, gosh, I hope I don't blow this. I was talking to this parent and <laughs> they were telling me about the struggle that they're having. Like, you know, do I do this? Do I do that? Like, and they're kind of irritated with the whole social media thing. People tell me this, well, sometimes I want to do this, but then they said, but then sometimes I do feel motivated and I do have that. So what I told them and I said, structure, and they've heard me say this before, I said structure equals safety. But trying to, trying to force structure during chaos equals more chaos. It's, that's so... It's and for so some reason, it, and I can't say their situation, but they, it resonated with them. Because what they did at first was they're such a structured family when this happened, they were going to try to keep the same structure that they were trying to do before. And they weren't willing to budge on that. And so by forcing the structure only created like this, it was like, it was basically a revolution at their household. <laughs> the, the kids revolted and they were outnumbered because they have a lot of kids, right? <laughs> different ages, different perspectives, and they're attacking them left and right. And so when I said that to them, they realized at that particular time that they're, they're very successful human beings but they're successful because they're dot your eyes, cross your T structure people, but they're lacking that success in chaos because you have to change the ownership, the leadership and the approach during a wartime situation. This is comparable to a wartime situation. So in times, and I don't know if you're, I talked about this a long time ago on our podcast, talked to, again about native Americans using some of that research. And if, if native Americans um, some tribes, what they do is when there's peace and there's no drama in the, in the plays or wherever they're at, they had the leaders, the chiefs, all, like all these people, these were the, they're mostly elderly people that had lived a long time. So they knew a lot, right? As soon as there is wartime, they would hand over the authority to the war chiefs. When the war was over, they would hand it back to the peace chiefs, completely different mindsets and completely different leadership and objectives. Huh. One was to progress and one was to protect. Huh. Some parents have a natural, some parents are more like the go-getter pro, like progressing and some parents are better like, wait, what's going on? Like I'm going to protect my kid, but they don't want to do the work to like do the homework at uh -huh. night with them. Or, you know what I mean? Like it's just not their thing. Right. And so what I was telling this family, I said, you guys are going to have to figure out how to live and how to have structure in war time. It's still structure. It's just different. You're dealing with people who have emotional purple hearts. <laughs> they want to be sent home to their normal life. They don't want to be in this war anymore, especially disgruntled employees like adolescents and older kids where they're, they're chomping on the bit. They can't take any more of this. And, you know, they're going back for one minute. They're falling apart. Next minute, they're playing Xbox, their friends, and they're fine. So you're like, what's going on here? I can't tell if I should freak out or not. And so in that conversation, it just brought up, one of our favorite things to talk about and one of the things that our listeners have really loved is what we call the and. And so I using this it. family as a discussion, this is what I told him. I said, 
you guys, you guys, like structure equals safety. And when there's chaos, you have to have a different type of structure, otherwise you create more chaos. And they know right now, because they're working on it, that they had to give different roles. They had to take certain roles away. Oddly enough, the mom that would normally be doing the homework and the schoolwork stuff, the dad is doing it with the kids now. And you know why the dad's doing it with the kids? Because in our conversation, I suggested that the parents tell the kids that we would like you guys to help us create a quarantine structure for us. Now, I told the parents in order for this to work, you can't shut down every one of their suggestions. If they say, well, we want to watch more, um, we want to watch later Netflix time, everything doesn't have to be a negotiation in, in war and chaos time. So their one kid said, I want to be able to watch Netflix to midnight. And right now it's only till 10. He's like, everyone's up till two. And I'm like, I, I have to stop watching Netflix at midnight when I'm not doing anything for two hours. He just didn't understand the logic. And his parents were like, we've never allowed that. I'm like, you're not making any sense. He's got a good point. You're up till 2.30 yourselves. What are we doing here? Like, why? why there's some, other people that are up till 2.30. For some reason, this thing like past 12 is bad. He's not waking up till noon. He's still getting eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours of sleep. It's like, so is this this really weird? And, and they realize that they're fighting over just petty little things that we're in war. We got, we got to cut the fat out, man. We can't deal with stupid crap like that. So in sense, there is this, I have an opportunity to have a better structure, cut out all the nonsense that I don't need to do in my business life, my work life, my home life, my relationships. And I can chill and turn that off and take specific times throughout the day to do nothing and just let my kids do whatever they want to do. School can last from eight o'clock to eight to nine to nine o'clock at night as long as during the day things get done. Now people can argue, this is a good argument. Well, this is going to create bad learning habits. This is going to create this, that. We might not even go to school and fall. So forget all that. We don't know what the hell's going on. We got to survive today. Planning for the future is changing your present today. That's the only way we can plan for the future because the future is too unknown. And I didn't know this before the quarantine started. Like this is new information to me. I'm just observing and I'm seeing this. In the first week, I'm kind of, I was really hesitant to say a lot. Second week, and then as people started bringing me problems, we were coming up. This is probably one of the first times since we've done the podcast where I was having to create new solutions and new processes in such a short period of time. And now I'm sharing it with you guys when it's happening. Usually it's over 21 years I've created these things and I'm sharing them. Oh, I forgot about that one. This is all brand new. This is hot off the press. You know, one thing that I think is interesting is that everybody's personality is going to respond to this situation differently. And so there are people who, because there's chaos, they want to be a little bit more structured. You, you know, work it really helps settle their nerves. They got to clean more, whatever it is. Yeah, totally right. Then there's people who do better when you don't tell, you know, they know what they've got to do, but don't tell them when they have to do it. And I have probably an equal number of yeah. those, those Different people personality types, yeah. in my life. And it's interesting kind of because, and, and it's kind of out of just me. I still have to, get my responsibilities done so I can't micromanage. What I'm observing is that I've got, you know, one individual who gets up, gets it done. They want it out of the way. And then another individual that it takes all day because there's game playing yeah. after every 
assignment. You know, it's like, I got one assignment done, so now I get to play my game. And so it takes a long time, but knows what, what has to happen and has been able to get it done in their way. And, and there's not, a, like, I like what you said. There's not a right or a wrong. There's, there's just, like, giving this, this appropriate amount of space and time and ability for, and my kids are a little bit older, you know, my youngest is 12, um, giving them that ability to make those decisions has, has helped us function better as a unit it's been abused and there's <laughs> been some times that there's having to be some reining in and and in the course of the last six weeks i think that i've won some and i've lost some well um i think it, it, we should point out because some of our listeners may not have heard the last episode of the and you can go listen to it but in short description the Ann is uh, a technique that I, oddly enough, I didn't know that a, a, a specific school of psychology was using this technique. They were just using it, in my opinion, in a very kind of, you know, when someone says, oh, here's a tool that you can use, and they go, this has helped people, and they kind of pass by it. They didn't, I don't think some people realized how big of a gold mine that tool was if they dug it a little bit deeper. You know what I mean? Like, the Ann is a lot more helpful to people than I think even a lot of us professionals even realized it was, Okay. And they don't call it the and, they just, you know, and are these different types of things. So what I found out with the and is that it does a couple different types of things. Our brain usually has a very difficult time processing 30 problems at once. So to help us get through dealing with 30 problems at once, our brain initially starts to try to go on this scavenger hunt to how can I get all these things fall, like taken care of kind of simultaneously. If you've ever tried to do 30 things at once, Heidi, not that you've ever tried to do that, but imagine you did, okay? You overcommitted to something. You had three speaking engagements and two workshops in the same day, same morning. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, right? It's sad how real this okay. scenario is. But as, you know, as, as, we're, as we're overcommitting and as we're doing all these different types of things, our brain easily wants to put one big ribbon around all of our problems and say, if I can't solve this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem. Then let me just wrap a big bow around and says, I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't. It's too much for me to handle. The and is a psychological split where it helps you separate and, and have a, a distinction between the two. So I feel overwhelmed and I can't continue going on like this. And if I don't continue, the rest of the family, the kids, everybody will give up too. So I got to figure out how to pace myself and not burn myself out by Tuesday and I don't have energy to finish the week. Well, I want to add to this because this was a life-changing concept for me back when you first taught me. And, and so it, maybe it's been two, two and a half years since you taught this to me. And um, originally I was frustrated with work But I also love my work. And David said, you can feel both those emotions. And I was like, you can? Because in my life, modeled for me by my parents, in religion, I feel like in teachers, you know, it's left or right, up or Good down. Good or bad. Black or, you know. Yeah. 
white. There's, there's just not like, I had no idea that I was allowed to feel multiple emotions at once. And once you realize that you can have multiple emotions and there's not a good or a bad or a right or a wrong emotion and that, that they can coexist, you could even have 30 emotions at once yeah. and they can be contradictory and there's not a right or a wrong. But when you acknowledge that and allow yourself to have the confusion, you know, to sit with that, it is so much more comfortable than being ripped apart by it. Do you remember one of what I call, like, I got a bunch of shame game exercises. Do you remember yeah. we did this thing where I, I'm pretty sure you remember this one was a long time ago, but what I'll do is I'll have people and I, and I go for first and show and tell them, right? So I'll look at their life situation. Let's say they got a whole bunch of different challenges and problems going on. They will usually tell me about their problems. Like I have this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem. And because all of these are so overwhelming, I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. You know, I try this, but it doesn't matter because then this mean taking time to do this problem, fix this problem, makes this one worse. But, and there is so inside their head, there's no possible way out for them. Right. I and then I look, yeah, exactly. And I look at them and I say, okay, I said, all right, well, what you just said, I actually think is a misconception for a lot of people, including yourself. And so I wanted to point this out because this is what I tell other people. And I don't think I actually told you this, or maybe I did. I don't know. What I did was I said, I'm going to ask you to share all the 30 different emotions you have. And I want you to not try to make all of them be one emotion. So what most people come to me and say, I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm suicidal, I'm this, I'm that. And you know, every time I think about this, this happens. And so this is how they speak their, I'm doing air quotes for you guys listening, truths. Their truth ain't that true, baby. Their truth is skewed by emotions and failure and shame. And Our feelings yeah. are real, but they are not always reality. Okay. So repeat in this that. Person, repeat our, that. Our feelings are real, but they're not always reality. And for moms, especially, they've really, a lot of moms I've worked with, they don't know that you can feel like you're the worst mom in the world and no one's taking your kids from you. Child Protective Service isn't knocking on your door. You just, like I used to always make fun. It's like, what, what'd you feed your kids today? Capri Suns and, uh, and tater tots. Like, but you fed them. Yeah, you're fine. Like, it's like, it's like, I mean, it's not healthy, but you know, it's like, it's just one of those things. Right. So when I'm working with specifically moms, I'm working with them and helping them understand this concept. I have them do this exercise to help them understand the and concept. And I know you're gonna remember doing this. So I'll tell them instead of saying all your feelings, I'm sad. I'm this, and that I want you to put your highs, your lows, your good, your bad, your unknowns, all those out on a flat table so that you can see them across the board. If you put them straight up and down, like right in front of your face, all those problems look like they're one, but flat, it's a different dimension. So it's like, this problem's over here, this problem's over here. You see it at a different, um, just a different vantage point. Then what I do is I go first and I say, here, I'll pretend I'm you for your situation. I'll say, I feel depressed. I feel grateful. I'm sad because my marriage didn't turn out the way I want it to be, but I'm thankful to see how much loving and support I've had for my family and friends to know how, how blessed I really am. I hate my job, but I realize it's a means to an end and I just got to stick out a little bit longer so I can get over to another position. 
I miss my deceased mother. And I can finally be at rest with the abuse I received from her. Now, I made that person in that scenario. That is not a real person, like that example. But then I told this woman, make-believe woman, and that it actually, and I told this woman, now I want you to say a similar thing, your own words, and she's like, just what you said. You hit it on the dot perfect. Like, that's exactly how I feel. I said, why don't you say it yourself? Then she would say, I hate this about my life, but you know what? I'm really happy about this. I can't do this anymore, but man, I'm thankful that I've even been, had a chance to be in this position in the first place, or else it's I would have created these kids. It's or, you hard know, to say good things about yourself in, very in that situation. And, and that's, I think, the point that I remember you wanting me to get to is to say out loud, yes, I do feel like I'm a horrible mother because I lost my son to suicide. And, and you wanted me to say out loud, but, but I love it. Was, it was Anne. It was Anne. It was Anne. Anne. But go ahead. Sorry. And... I love my kids. I would do anything for my kids. I have done everything for my kids that I could do. And, and, and I didn't feel worthy of the good things because I felt like the bad things were so bad. And so it, it, it just became very helpful for me to realize number, number one. And, and I like that you brought it up that, your feelings are real, but that doesn't mean they're reality. And I also like this, and I don't think you've ever talked to me about this, which is to look at your feelings individually and not as a big hunk, hunk of emotions that you're trying to figure out what the emotion is when it's really 30 emotions mushed together. Because when you do... I, I like that visual that you've made when you lay them out on, on the table, rather than having them be up like walls, um, you, you can get a better perspective on them. Um, I said, I said the word tangle because often that that's what that feels like. You're having so many different emotions and feelings and problems. that It's just this swirling mess, a mass. But if you take one thing out, oh, I can deal with this. Take another thing out, oh, I can deal with this. But when it's all mucky, it's really hard to deal with. Yeah, the analogy I use for that is just like a power cord behind a desk that no one's been back there in like 30 years. And you just keep on adding cords <laughs> and powers. And you look back there, you're like, you just got to unplug everything and redo it. Like you can't try to do it like one at a time. And a lot of people have had success with something called gratitude journals right? You heard of those? Okay. Now what I'm about to say is not disrespecting gratitude journals because it's an effective thing for what it's made for. But what I found out is that because our brains really are trying to be like, I can do it. I really, sometimes we're just trying to live in hope. Like, you know, like just trying to talk ourselves into be something. Positive. Just be positive. Like, right. And especially I asked you this before, is it okay to complain? Is it okay to be negative? I feel moms, this is something that's been thrown on their shoulders more than husbands traditionally from my experience. Not all the time, but what happens is gratitude journals are good for expressing gratitude because sometimes we don't think to be grateful. But what's more complex is to express gratitude and shame simultaneously. That's it's super far more effective. And you want to know why it's far more effective? 
because shame and gratitude is what we live with side by side every single day. You hate the fact that we're in a quarantine. You're happy that your kids don't have Corona if you're fortunate enough that they don't. Or you're happy. He's like, you hate the fact that you lost your job, but you're glad you at least got something from the government right now. These, our shame lives side by side with our successes. They are are intertwined. They need, one has to be there for the other. And so when I have someone say, I feel like I'm a horrible mother, and let's just use you for example. I don't know if you remember this, but you said, I feel like I'm a horrible mother because I lost my son. And you also quoted, I don't never get the quote right. You quoted your favorite quote. You said, and if I knew then what I know now, I would have done everything I could. If I would have known he was in that place, I would do anything to bring him back. I would have done things differently. I would have done things differently, right? Exactly. Do you remember, you said something like that. And that's that's when the light bulb clicked. Because until you said it, you didn't know how good it felt to say it. Most people have what's called like cathartic moments where you're talking about something. I'm fine. I'm fine. Your friend goes, so how's your marriage? You go, start crying. And your friend's like, apparently she's not all that fine. So what happens in the moment, cathartic moments is that when someone touches the right code, the right vibration inside of you, another person could say, I will pay you a million dollars not to cry right now. And you couldn't stop it. You cannot turn it off once that switch gets flipped. So when people have these moments where they come unglued and hurt and pain, it helps to do exercise. We were saying, I suck at this and I'm really good at this. If I got better at this, I wouldn't feel so bad about myself. Like just switching the words and having them play with each other. When people avoid shame, and anyone that's ever studied shame or read Brene Brown books or research stuff like that, that's they will, all of us. <laughs> they, they will know that shame can be only as fed by you leaving light and being in darkness. Shame is in the shadows. Why do you think at nighttime, like certain neighborhoods in bad ghettos, you can walk your dog down the street. As soon as that lights go out, you better not be walking the dogs at night. I don't care if it's quarantine or not. I was walking my dog the other day. I was talking to my friend who lives in South Central LA. He's like, what are you doing? Walk your dogs. It must be nice to walk your dogs at night. He's like, I get shot if you walk your dog here. So it's like, yeah, I'm thankful that I can walk my dog, but I'm also thankful that I don't live in South Central LA. You know, like, we can have a lot of things going on at once, but we don't have to pick and choose because if our brain says our problems are all one thing, or if our brain says, oh, because I was born just uh, this beautiful human being that you know, I don't have these other struggles over here, we can convince ourselves that we're doing better than we are and we can convince ourselves that we are worthless more than we, way more than we actually should be feeling in that particular moment. So you say them simultaneously and it allows some, the friction allows it to open up some space for some light to come in. I love that idea. I've never really thought of that because I do a lot of gratitude journaling. Um, that's something that I try to focus on. I, I feel like it helps me to take focus off of negative feelings. Um, well, but, I, call it, I call it actually my terminology for it is grieving and gratitude. I think, I think that's so good because acknowledging the, the and, acknowledging both, gives you both ends of the spectrum of power. The power of focusing on the good, the focusing of it, acknowledging what's, what's not good, and, and seeing how the and is playing out. That's really interesting. I, 
on the podcast I was on today, I said something I never said before, but I liked the way it sounded. It just seemed to like made sense to me. Is that the past 10 years since really Facebook, more importantly in the past five or six years with Instagram, we've been experiencing a truth revolution, an honesty revolution. People are so tired of trying to just hold it together to not disrupt the, the family, to not disrupt the neighborhood or the church or whatever. Keep their business, keep it all together. We're all trying to just stay inside the image. lane. Stay in your lane. Yeah. Don't, don't go, like image, whatever it is you feel you're supposed to live up to, that is, is it's a heavy thing to hold on to. So in the past decade, people are like, I'm taking off the shackles. I'm going to let my kids sleep in sometime. I don't care. Like they're starting to just go, I have to live. I can't live so stressed out all the time because everybody loses if I'm stressed out all the time. And so when, when people are constantly stressed, when people have that intensity, they feel that they have to have validation for why they're so stressed. They need to go deep in the, well, nobody respects me. Nobody loves me. Knowing this, knowing that. But if you said, nobody respects me and I'm kind of an a-hole sometimes. <laughs> nobody, you know, nobody wants to hang out with me. And when I hang out, I kind of just like, I'm kind of like grumpy and down, I'm a downer. I'm not, very fun, yeah. I'm not very fun to hang out with. So when I say honesty and truth, when, and you know, I, I always like to try to give real definitions to these words that we hear all the time, like live in your truth, speak your truth, stay in the present, ask someone to explain that. It's like, well, it's not easy to explain. It really isn't easy to explain. So to help people, to help people just grasp it in such a much easier way, your whole entire life, you've been striving for one thing and one thing, well, one major thing on a day-to-day -day basis acceptance because acceptance is really another word for love and if people love you they won't leave you they won't abandon you and there's a good chance you can live and have a healthy life so we're so going forward with this acceptance acceptance that if we fail in acceptance we're like i'm an idiot i'm wrong shame 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 where in reality if we want to live in truth here's the truth i can be an idiot and i actually get paid pretty decent money to do a job that's kind of hard too I can be foolish in this area and really responsible in this area. But the thing that's helped out the parents that I helped that I've done this with is then I tell them, now I want you to do that for your kid. I want you to speak their truth for them. They suck at math and man, it must be hard for me to get on them every night, sit down for three hours. I don't like doing it for three hours. They don't like doing it for three hours. It makes them feel horrible. So we got to figure out a different way instead of just arguing all the time about it. Nobody wants to live this way, but nobody wants to model a life like this for their kids where they feel they're trapped by every mistake that they make, that they can never outlive their past. I, to be honest with you guys, like that was part of the reason why I posted my arrest picture uh, many, many episodes ago, because I don't want to be hiding from it anymore. I don't want to be like, oh, some, someone, you know, thinks they're going to think differently than me. I used to be worried, like, if people find out that I did drugs, if I, you know, and I'm not talking about, like, you know, if I party and stuff like that. I'm not, I never did heroin, those types of things. Just, I, I was so scared that people see that I have, I always like to say that because drugs. Could you just give big, us a list of all the things that you big framework. <laughs> yes. I've only, I've only <laughs> taken Diet Coke. That's my only drug. Diet Coke. So I, but, I think that there's a lot of comfort in, in being real. And I think that people appreciate it so much more. And so I think that when we come into a, 
and, and I think that goes for our kids too. And we, and we talk about that a lot. It's okay for us to be real with our kids and say, gosh, this is hard for me. And today I'm just, I'm putting the foot on the brake today. Well, y- here's, you know? what I'll, here's what I want our listeners to think about and consider. I am not telling you people, if your whole goal focus in 2020 is to speak your truth and live in your truth, I'm not disrespecting that. I want to give you maybe a little, I want to add to whatever you're already doing. Just want to add something to it. I'm not taking away from that. Here's what I'd like to add. There's more truth than you just standing up for all the things that you feel like you've had to deal with your life that you're not going to put up with anymore. That's only one truth. There's two sides to the coin. That's the tails. There's also the heads. If you want to speak your truth about your pain and you're being really honest and you're swallowing your pride, you want to be totally honest. They can be like, I am not going to allow, let's say you're in a bad relationship. I'm not going to allow my intimate partner to disrespect me and treat me like this anymore. And I'm just going to speak my truth from now on. Well, if you want to really speak your truth, it should sound like this. I don't want to be treated this way anymore. I know I've actually had a part to play in it because not only did I not allow it, I didn't let this person know how bad it was and how serious it was. So I'm not going to allow them to treat me the same more. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's okay. And I'm not going to snap and flip out on them when I'm not handling it. I, when I can't handle it, I'm going to try to talk my best in these situations. And if that communication doesn't work out, then we're going to have to do something different. But just to say, I'm not going to deal with the same more. I want to do it. You know what that sounds like? It sounds like a person that's never really had confidence and a person's never been secure with themselves. A person that doesn't have a lot of belief in themselves trying to pretend like they have confidence and have a lot of belief in themselves. The difference between speaking it and living it and doing it means I know that I don't deserve to be treated this way. And I also know that I need to work on myself more so that this person doesn't treat me that way and no one else treats me that anymore. And to do that, I got to admit, I can't just react when people are mad at me all the time. And I can't cuddle up and hide when people are mad at me. Like I got to find the middle somewhere. Our truth is in the middle. Our truth is not you're, you're a victim. Your truth is you may have been victimized and you're probably really successful and confident in other areas. I'm just fearful. I guess selfishly, I'm fearful. My clients, people I work with that they take something to the extreme and they think that I need to live my truth. They almost, I hear a lot of people mistake that for, I need to stand up for myself. That's not what truth is. That might be part of it. Some people, their truth that day might need to be, I need to stand up to my mean boss. But the way you stand up to them doesn't have to be aggressive. It doesn't have to be confrontational. And I I want parents to know, to stand up to your kids, your kids aren't the enemy. They're not a bully, even though you may feel like it. They're, They're disgruntled employees. Let's figure out a way where we can partner this together. It's not make it worse by telling people you're not going to take it anymore. Tell people you don't want to take it anymore and you want to work with them instead. So those are just examples. Those are just like kind of touchy, like just touch on examples. I think that when you have increased self-awareness, you can be a lot more available in your relationships. And if I'm hearing what you're saying, and maybe it's just because it's what's resonating with me, Um, when we think about the gratitude and the shame at the same time, it will, they go, it will increase our, our self-awareness. How can you know the pleasure without the pain? Right. How, how, How can you speak your shame 
and at the same time not acknowledge your successes and acknowledge, say, you can do it, but how can you do that and progress and move forward? If you live in your shame, you're not progressing. If you're living in your successes, you're not being honest that you have insecurities that you need to improve upon. Like there's somewhere in the middle and I don't know where it is for everyone, right? but I know it's closer to the middle than it is in the margins. But I not think, the you know, there was a podcast, and I can't remember which episode Brandon might remember that we talked about um, if you're stuck and, and you kind of talked about um, a spiral staircase. Do, do you yeah. remember, do you remember this? Because my question was, what if you're just, you, you can't get past something. And I think, I think that this, this kind of reminds me of when you are feeling stuck and let's say you're obsessing over this one issue in your life. And, and a lot of times we're in a place where there's just this one thing that just feels like it's overtaking our whole life and it could be a health issue and it could be a financial issue and it could be a relationship issue, whatever it is. And it's so consuming and it's so right here in your face that you can't even move forward it seems to me that this goes along with what you were saying Mm -hmm. is give yourself a minute to be like, this sucks and I hate it. Okay. Minute is over. Now let me lower it down and let me see what else is there. So that may give you this ability to move past the stuck point. Um, you, You know, I, you have we all have these people in our lives that it's like every time you talk to them it's the same conversation and you're like please stop talking to you know please stop talking about this issue and and i i love that you remind us that we can be stuck in that issue we can be upset about the issue Lay it down flat and consider the, the other pieces. Yeah, just I love put that. Every, just put it, lay everything out on the board and see what you got. Like just spread it all out. See where it's at. Don't clump, up, clump them all in once. Um, because generally, most things, most of the time, we have more things going right than going wrong. It's just the things that are going wrong sound a little louder. Well, and also too, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and, and going along with that is, it's hard to change our mindset, our emotions, our opinions. It takes a lot of work. You know, it's easy to make quick judgments. Say, you know, right. I'm damn for do, damn for don't. See, but why even try? And just base your your reality based upon your feelings at that moment. Or just everybody hates me. I yeah, guess everybody hates just- me, and just and just shut it down. So, getting back to the end, that's why I felt it's important to talk about this today because I since now that what, what are we in the how many weeks have we been doing the quarantine out? Six? Six. Six, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. First couple of weeks, I just kind of going like, and by the time I hit the, the second week, third week, people are like, I can't do this anymore. If I do one more, I can't, they're adamant, they can't do it anymore. I talked to them seven days later. Uh, how you doing? Same old stuff. So apparently you could do it anymore. Yeah, but I can't do it one more week. Next week's like, then at a point, now I'm happening this week. Well, last week and this week where people are actually going overboard and i've had unfortunately a few people close to me attempt suicide this past week and other people have been going the opposite direction now i'm not saying the people who are attempt who attempted suicide it 
right now they're actually doing better because they're still alive and they were able to talk about it, right? But unfortunately, it pushed them in one direction and the other people, it pushed them in the direction to start thinking like, I can feel like I can't do this anymore and I've proven I can still do it. So if I'm going to do it, why don't I do it good instead of just survive? Why don't instead of me just doggy paddling through the quarantine, trying to keep my head above water, why don't I learn how to swim and eventually get a dang sailboat and cruise across this? I got to figure out a better way to handle this. So yes, it is an opportunity to change, but meaning that you're going to change your structure and your schedule doesn't mean that you have to be a perfect parent or you have to be an alcoholic parent that doesn't do anything with your kids. You know, you could, if you're a person who likes to drink, because I talk to some people, you know, they like drink. Like, man, I'm drinking way more, but it doesn't mean that you drink that you can't still help your kids with homework during the day and drink later on at night. Like, figure it out. Like, we can figure this out. You can have the pain and, man, you can have the pleasure. You can do both. But like what you said with your kids, it may be different for every kid. But if they are a part of coming up with that structure and that plan and you're like, all right, now, granted, you, have to give, you don't have to give them everything they want, but negotiate a little bit. Well, then now you got something to deal with. Yeah. You got something to work with. And if you are the one holding them accountable, give them the chance to hold you accountable. Yeah. And I like what Heidi, what you said earlier, when you use that example of giving your daughter the director of personal fitness, but your personal fitness. So, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the reason, the reason why I wanted to come back to that is because you gave her an opportunity to do something that not only was meaningful, not as making you feel better, but you're allowing her to have influence over you. And, and that's a point that that tool that you just told the parents, like giving them the chance to influence you is money. That will always pay. It's such a great thing to have because if you allow them to have influence over you on what happens in their life and in the family's life, now you, what you've done is you said, come here, you can sit at the adult table, the management table. And we want to hear what you have to say, because what you're experiencing, what you're seeing is a perspective that's unique to you. And you have value, valuable information that no one else has in this family. Go. They're like, they sit up straight. They're like, they're ready. They've been wanting to get called into the fight somehow. It's true. And this, this unique time gives I think it, it gives opportunities for people to shine in different ways where they maybe didn't, you know, I've got my kids teaching me hacks about Google drives that I didn't, <laughs> and heaven knows I needed okay. that. So yep. um, I appreciate that. I think that those are really good insights. I think that, like I said, everybody is experiencing different things in their lives but everybody has the gratitude and shame. And I've never thought about that before. Um, so maybe that's something us as listeners, me included, um, could try this week is to, rather than just journaling all the things we're grateful for, um, allow ourselves to acknowledge what's frustrating us and acknowledge the things that are good and see how it makes you feel. See how, how different that is. I think that's a, that's a great suggestion. Um, and give yourself grace to do it all and to not do it all. Um, so I, I think well, that that's a good. One thing, last thing I want to mention that you remind me of is that um, this is a modeling exercise. I want you to use the word and in between to, it's the bridge and is the bridge between shame and that grieving I was talking about, like, you know, I mean, shame and the, and the gratitude that I was talking about. 
The and kind of helps you connect the two without making them separate. You don't want them to be separate. You want them to be related. It's like, I don't want to forget all the hardships in my life because it made me who I am. I never want to think I've got it so good that I forget where I came from. So it's yeah. important. Now, granted, if you start noticing your, your gratitude, <laughs> your, your grieving gratitude journal starts to be a whole lot more grieving, then you got to balance that out. It's got to be a one for one, 50-50. But this modeling of this for your kids, they will hear you say, I know you're upset because your teacher hasn't turned in your homework and does stuff like this. And man, I'm, I'm so glad that she's, you know, she's zooming with you. She's doing emails with you. It's like, I, she who knows what she's got going on at her house. Right. Like you just, it's just, it's just a nice subtle thing. The parents that use this language, kids learn it. They're learning it from you. I feel that, you know, this one mom, she did a great answer. I feel that you're very disrespectful. You always down talk to me. You never take me seriously. And the teenager, because we we're doing a parent exercise, and, and the teenager's like, okay, where's the, the gratitude part? <laughs> God, this is the, the teenager's pretty surprised her mom said that. So I feel like you do this stuff like that. She goes, and you're the most softest, kind hearted child that I have. You're way more sensitive than any of the other kids, and you're like me. And I get frustrated with you because you're like me, but I want to see. I want you to see that you're like me in all the great ways and not the bad ways. So I need to start talking to you, reminding you that you have both of those, but I say too much of the negative things. I don't, I think of all the compliments for you. I just rarely say it out loud. I have no problem. She had no problem admitting that she says the things she doesn't like out loud. The things she does like, she tends to forget sometimes to say out loud. And I think that if, if you did do the journaling where you journal both, yeah. that will help you verbalize both. Yep. It's a practice better. to verbalize yeah. it. You're right. I'm glad you said it. the journaling really is the practice reps for the game time when you're talking to them face to face. I love that. Yeah. All right. Every guy, everybody, <laughs> everybody out there in quarantine land, um, no matter when you're listening to this, we appreciate you being here. Appreciate you listening. Um, thank you for telling your friends and telling, telling people who need this information about it. We, of course, we appreciate your reviews and recommendations, and we love to hear from you. So if you want to send us questions, concerns, wins, we especially like the win um, in our DMs at, on our Instagram page at Light the Fight. Um, but more importantly, thank you, all of you, for helping us to light the fight.